0: Hi, I'm Andrew Morris, and this is the 2021 CBAA National Features and Documentary Series, a collection of 10 new features from producers right around Australia. This next feature was made on the lands of the Kulin Nation, and we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Even if horses are not your thing, there can be no denying their ability to connect with vulnerable people. ...and that they play a huge role in the success of animal-assisted therapies here in Australia. So come along for the ride with Melanie Robinson as she takes us down the track in Rideability.
1: When I saw a horse called Hamish drop his head onto the chest of an unresponsive five-year-old boy in a wheelchair and watch that child come to life, laughing, caressing, and eventually riding that horse. Well, I just had to know more. Harnessing the power of horses to develop skills in people with disabilities has a long and rich history in Australia. But horses are huge, powerful creatures. So, how is it that they have become one of the most successful therapy animals for some of the most vulnerable in our community? My name is Melanie, and I saddled up with Riding Develops Abilities, also known as RDA, to find out more.
2: I don't have any hands from my elbows down, affecting both my left and right side.
3: When we first saw her on the horse, two and a half years of age, as a parent, enormous amounts of wonder whether she'll be okay. How ridiculous is this that you're doing this activity? This is so dangerous.
1: Let's go way back to where this first started. When an intrepid physiotherapist approached Victoria's largest special school, yes, that's what they were called back then, to find out if there may be some students that could be interested in a brand new writing for the disabled program. Here's retiree Norma Pearce.
3: I was a special education teacher. It would be about 1970.
1: Hmm, 1970. That was the year I was born. Hmm. Anyway, back then it was considered quite ridiculous and even downright dangerous to introduce children with disabilities to mainstream activities.
3: We had, I think, 90 children at the school at the time and over the roads was a parade of shops and not one of the students had ever been to the shop for anything that's a bit hard to believe today when we see people with all sorts of disabilities are very visible in the community going about their daily life. That was not the case.
1: Wow, how things have changed. From these humble and challenging beginnings grew the most incredible space where people with disabilities were able to flourish.
2: Hi, I'm Abigail Vidler. I was born with dual upper limb deficiency, which means that I don't have any hands from my elbows down, affecting both my left and right side. So I have had adapted reins made.
3: Hi, my name is Troy, father of Abigail Vidler, and Abby's been in the RDA program now for 14 years.
2: With the RDA program, I was able to develop um, not only core strength and body strength, but also being able to be put into a group where there was no judgement involved from anyone around. It also gave me a place for passion. My name's
4: Jaylene. I come to Writing for Disabled for my son, Angus.
2: I practised my rising trot.
4: His excitement level was palpable and he was enthusiastic and he really wanted to be here. And for Angus, we don't always get that. Um, Angus is, he's verbal and he expresses himself but we don't always see emotions from Angus and finding ways to connect to Angus is really important because he does have challenges in his everyday life. One of the great benefits is um, it's doing therapy without doing therapy. Angus, unfortunately, (laughs) tends to spend a lot of his week going to occupational therapy, speech therapy,
5: physiotherapists. I'm Vanessa and i um, an educational and developmental psychologist working in private practice and I also work in, uh, in animal-assisted s- therapy. Well, my research was on any benefits of equine-assisted therapies. The benefits were... Um, that the kids had a greater confidence and empowerment. So improved self-concept and um, emotional well-being and benefits for the family. My name is Fiona Orr, and I work at Riding for the Disabled at Oaklands. I think that each and every one of our horses has their own personalities. And I think that's really important that people understand that they're all different and they all work in different ways with different people. Today we have Champ, he's um, a Welsh, he's chestnut with a big white blaze He's the littlest, naughtiest, biggest attitude pony on the property And he's loved so much by lots of little people He's not real keen on big people but (laughs) he loves little people
4: So this is Sienna and she is a sort of a chestnut with a white blaze She is extremely pretty and she knows it I just think she's actually very calm, even though she's a really big horse. This is Scotty, and Scotty is white. Well, yeah, when he's not rolling in the mud.
5: (laughs) One outstanding moment with a young rider, Ben, who's incredibly anxious and upset. We went up to the dam the other day and... I asked everybody that was with us to be quiet so he could just take in the beauty and the peace of the dam and the quietness. And we just stood there. I was in the water with the horse as well. And Ben just took my hand and looked me in the eye and then came down and hugged the horse's neck with me. It was the most beautiful moment. And that's pretty special. Yeah. There was a lot of tears. Mum particularly. She was very, very happy. Yeah, they're those moments that are treasured.
1: Let's go back to Norma, who tells us the story of Nigel, a boy with a condition called Prada Willy, which meant that he ate to excess and was very overweight. This wasn't helped by a huge jar of candor an artificial sweetener, that Nigel loved to sprinkle liberally all over his food. Now, Nigel desperately wanted to ride a horse called Maxwell, but... He was just too heavy. This was gently explained to Nigel. And then one day...
3: He comes to my office and gives me the candor, and says, will you put this away because I don't think I should have that now? And gradually his weight began to diminish. And when he got to the state that his weight was such he could ride Maxwell, you would think he'd won the lottery. He was just beside himself
1: this case was so successful that Nigel's doctor wrote it up in The Lancet, a medical journal in the UK, because they had tried all sorts of things to reduce Nigel's weight. And this had worked. Maxwell and Nigel were a success story. What we found was that
3: there was this wealth of people in the community who were happy to be involved feeding, grooming, packing, all of that up, was helping the children to get dressed, ready for riding, make sure they had the right boots, they had helmets that fit, all of that sort of thing, because they, safety was of paramount uh, importance.
5: I think we've become quite a community. The volunteers, they love being with the riders, they love being around the horses. We're called Team RDA, that's what we call ourselves. We are a team.
4: The workers are really great here with
5: making sure he felt safe,
4: I felt safe, and um, the horse was safe. Yeah, it's very rewarding.
1: I'm traveling back to where it all began, back to where I met Hamish and that little boy in a wheelchair, and I'm flooded with memories. You see, I too met a very special horse that day, A pony called Poe, who was going to take me on my very own ability journey. I was going to be riding a horse again for the first time since losing most of my vision. It's a beautiful day. I'm standing in the paddock. The sun is shining. The grass is long and green. It's been more than a year since I've ridden Poe. And the team at RDA have organised a special reunion for us.
4: Here's Poe coming.
3: Hello. Po. Po. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi. Oh, she
2: has got food. <laughs> Hi. I got Janet.
3: She's
0: milk. I got a carrot from Janet.
1: I'm so excited to be here visiting everyone, in particular my former coach, Karen.
2: I've never taught anybody that had a sight impairment and you just showed everybody, you can do what you want to do. Even people that are sighted, it just like, I wish I could ride that good as well at times. And yeah, just to see yourself riding independently It just, yeah, I'm starting to tear up, (laughs) sorry.
1: Hamish has since passed on. He was a very old horse even back then. I'm not sure where that little boy in the wheelchair is now, but I do feel certain that he would have gone on to develop further abilities and that his life was enriched by his time with Hamish. I know mine certainly has been. Watching Hamish do his thing allowed me to open myself up to possibilities. And I found something that I thought I'd lost. The ability to show people that, yeah, I really can do whatever I want.
2: I really truly thought that I could make it to the Paralympics being on this horse.
3: Uh, Seeing the staff and the volunteers there at RDA certainly relaxed me to know that she's uh, with an an organisation that have not only the children at best of heart, but also the animals.
5: More focusing on ways we can remove the barriers in society to promote the ability of the individual.
3: Hopefully it
4: continues another 50 years.
0: That was Melanie Robinson with Rideability, produced at the studios of Vision Australia Radio on the lands of the Kulin Nation, with supervising production from Katerina Locher and training from the Community Media Training Organisation. Melanie would like to thank RDA Victoria, who are currently celebrating 50 years of operations, for the inspiring stories and characters featured in this piece. It was part of the 2021 National Features and Documentary Series, There are another nine stories to hear, so if you'd like to hear more, visit nfds.org.au. This program was made possible with the support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. Find out more at cbf.org.au.